The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barn. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damian Sassauer. Coming up on the show, we're going to dive into the latest developments in Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver's attempt to sell the team. But first, we've got to make mention of a big story that cropped up over the last few days. That is right, Michael. ESPN and DraftKings are working on a potential sport betting partnership. Not a lot of the details thus far, but look, it certainly makes a lot of sense for both parties. ESPN gets a piece of the sport betting pie. DraftKings gets a platform to expand internationally. Bloomberg's Crystal Z spoke on Bloomberg Television with Emily Chang about what a potential deal might look like and what it could mean for both ESPN and DraftKings. So, so far, all we know is that there is an intention for a large partnership between DraftKings and uh, ESPN, which is owned by Disney. But how exactly is this deal going to be structured? How is it going to be paid? We still don't have much detail on it, but it would be a really, really big step for ESPN to really take advantage of that legalizing sports betting in almost half of the country now and it will be a real cultural shock for ESPN because Disney has this really wholesome um, image that they have and uh, getting into sports betting is actually a really really big step. Now there's been speculation about an acquisition. Is this a step in that direction or no? So because of that cultural difference um, it will right now we're not hearing about an outright acquisition so in order to do that uh, so DraftKings here is the license holder for sports betting. So if ESPN really want to get into it in a really, really big way, it would make sense for them to buy. And also note that DraftKings stock price are trading around $16, uh, but it's high in March. Uh, last year was around 72 So you could say that it's a really, really cheap buy. But for Disney shareholder to get over that wholesomeness, reputation of uh, Disney, it will still be a big leap. And uh, we're not sure if, that's, um, if they're ready to make that step yet. So actually, a lot of analysts have dismissed that uh, M&A speculation, but we shall see. What about when it comes to you know other sports gambling platforms more broadly? I, I feel like I've heard about draft. We've heard some DraftKings M&A um, speculation for a couple of years. So DraftKings is in a really really competitive space, and they they are constantly at war with um, places like FanDuel, and they're all offering these really really cheap uh, discount or even giving um, users free money just to get on their platform. So there is a lot of room for consolidation, and with this partnership with ESPN, even how it looks like, it will still be unclear. It could really emerge looking like a new platform. It could look like an ESPN platform, or it could look like an extra button on the existing ESPN app. So it could probably look like it would look more crowded um, than than less. But you're right. Like There could be more deals. DraftKings uh, hasn't been public for that long. They only went public through a spec uh, a year-ish ago. So whether they are ready to take on a big deal, it's also... Um, waiting to be seen and you know obviously the stock price not doing too well for them to sell equity would also be really challenging so there will be consolidation in the space uh, we just don't know who are buying and who is selling it that was bloomberg's crystal z speaking with emily chang reporting on a potential deal between espn and DraftKings, and it's certainly a story that we will be keeping an eye on from silicon valley to wall street 
the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. And now we turn our attention to another huge deal. Huge, I tells you. The sale of the Phoenix Suns owner, Robert Sarver, who also owns the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury, is working with an advisory firm now on a potential transaction. This, of course, is all the result of the investigation into Sarver, which turned up a history of racist and sexist behavior. Suns GM James Jones spoke recently about how he feels about Sarver's behavior and his decision to sell the team. I think I'm in agreement with selling a team. I think that's the best outcome for everyone involved. The players, the fans, the staffers, uh, everyone that was impacted on so many levels. It, it brings some closure. Uh, to a long period of discomfort and uneasiness. Um, but it also gives us a pivot point to continue to focus on raising the standards of our organization and uh, leading by example. Suns GM James Jones speaking at a press conference about Sarver. For more on where we stand, let's bring in Bloomberg's Cameroon Leach. Cameroon, as usual, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you, man. And again, as usual, it always lays some knowledge on us all the time. So let's talk about this now, about the how this sale now is shaping up. Who uh, is in the lead now to maybe become uh, a majority owner with the Suns? Yeah, I mean, just maybe for the you know best interest of all you know reporters who are kind of uh, following this, probably, probably best we shouldn't say who's leading. But at least we do know that things are definitely underway. Uh, last week, I reported that Molis is basically running the sale for uh, Robert Sarver. I actually just ran to Larry Fisher, who joined the uh, Phoenix Suns ownership just in 2020. Uh, he has a minority stake in the in the, um, in the basketball organization. And it seems to be that this is moving a lot faster than we had anticipated when we last spoke. Yeah, so Cameron... Explain to us here how the ownership structure of the Suns currently works, because Robert Sarver owns, I believe, one third of the team, but he's in a position where he can make all the decisions to sell the team. Is that right? Yeah, essentially, that's how that's how it is. I mean, we want to get the essentially what what they want is the best pitches. And, you know, it also matters as far as just the NBA organizations will, too. The other owners do have somewhat of a say in who's, you know, gets into this boys or girls club. And uh, so I think just over the next few weeks to a few months, we're going to see the shape up a lot more, just giving uh, just a pace of uh, where the NBA is trying to get to. You know, uh, last time I noted that there were, you know, other you know major um, NBA players who are very interested in getting their hands on some NBA ownership as well, too. So I, I can't wait to see how this shapes out to be. Cameron, the highest price ever paid for an NBA franchise is the $2.35 billion Joe Tsai paid to purchase the Nets back in 2019. 2021, mm-hmm. Forbes reported the Suns was worth about $1.8 billion. Do we think we're going to fetch something higher than the Nets uh, in 2019 or, or or not? Yeah, even even with that, I think we're going to get something uh, much higher than that. I, I think that doesn't uh, kind of 
I don't think that conflates, you know, all the 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 cachet that the Phoenix Suns as an NBA organization kind of brings. And I think just given some of the, the top tier talent they have over there, you think about um, you know, C P three over there who was once the uh previous NDPA president as well too, and especially Devin Booker, they have a lot of upside as well too, even though there is there seems to be some uh, dissension within the team uh, just as far as like what the future looks like. But I think this is not a, a franchise that could be far off from a championship. Um, so I think with that alone, we'll, we'll see a lot, you know, way higher than $1.1 billion that the force reported. Has there been anything out of the NBA commissioner Adam Silver's office about uh, the latest, uh, about the uh, Phoenix Sun owner uh, ready to uh, sell the team? From what we've previously gotten as far as the actual um, findings of their report and, you know, the initial uh, suspension that they gave Robert Sarver, we haven't had anything official come out of the um, Adam Silver's office. But I think we're, you're going to just kind of see them kind of push a lot of that narrative <laughs> under the rug. Hopefully they can get the sale going just to kind of, you know, get away from the headline risk. Um, but we haven't seen anything officially just yet. We should also mention that Robert Sarver is the owner of the Phoenix Suns, but also the Mercury, Phoenix Mercury, mm-hmm. which is a WNBA franchise. Do we know anything, Cameron, about whether this will be a package deal where the Suns and the Mercury will be sold together or that might be separate? Do we know how much the Mercury could fetch? I think it's still uh, early in the game to kind of figure out what the, the motive is here, at least from uh, Robert Sarver. But I, I would imagine that um, they might be sold together, just given um, that would help kind of increase the value for the the, the Mercury um, team as well, too, which is actually a really good you know organization. They've done really well over the, over the previous over the previous years. So I can imagine that uh, we'll see a, a joint deal uh, happening. So Cameron, last question for me. I mean, you know, there have been whispers out there. Um, Jeff Bezos. Bob Iger, Larry Ellison, um, Steve Jobs' widow, uh, Loren. I mean, any color there? Uh, any new names that, that I haven't mentioned? I mean, what's the talk? Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, writing on the walls for a lot of things and just people, you know, throwing names out there just to see what sticks. Um, as we had discussed last time uh, on the program, uh, a lot of people seem to want, you know, Bob Iger to throw his, his name in the hat as well, too. Um, but we'll continue to see how things shape up. Cameroon Leach. Our own Bloomberg's Cameron Leach. Thank you so much, sir, for talking with us. As usual, you always lay your knowledge on us, man, and we always <laughs> learn. Thank you again, sir. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scarlett Foo and Damian Sassauer. Catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports. And catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm on Twitter at Scarlett Foo. And I'm on Twitter at D Sassauer. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. And by the way, don't forget to download these podcasts wherever you get them. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.